Hello and welcome back to the Dicebreaker podcast. It's episode 56. Uh, Lolis, I assume you have yes. a number-related factoid. Yeah, I'm very confused by it. 56. You're enthusiasm drops so quickly there. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's 56. Was she worth it? What? Um, uh, that I, sounds dubious. It doesn't rhyme, and I can only assume it's problematic. I'm having a look to see what the meaning is, but um, in the meantime, go on with the instruction. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm Matt Jarvis. I'm the editor-in-chief of Dicebreaker. I am here once more with two of the team and also a very special guest. Uh, Nicola, do you mind introducing yourself to the folks at home? Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Matt. So I'm Nicola, lovely to meet you all and great to be here. So I um, I run Game Plan Life Coaching, which is a life coaching business, but also games and play workshop for, um, for people looking to engage with their inner play and to live life on their terms. Um, so yeah, so I just use games and play and what I believe in to bring the best out in people, either one-on-one or in group. That's good stuff. Thanks very much for joining us. It's good mm. to have you here. And of course, we have uh, Alex Meehan yep. returning once more. How are you doing? I'm like a bad smell. I never go. <laughs> just have to let I it never linger. said such a thing. I just said, You're here. Hello. Welcome. And you were like, Yes, I'm like a, uh, like a bad smell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Somebody had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's better if I say it, because then it's less inside. <laughs> Yeah. I can't I can't smell you through the camera, so I'm okay. Yeah, I can't smell at all. So Yeah, I think go. I think um we can't either, we're but we, we were we were around her for long enough that we remember. <laughs> uh also here of course, Alex Lowley's. Hi. Uh, In the meantime yeah. I've local, looked up the meaning, by the way. Local meanie, Alex <laughs> Local bully. Um so the explanation of this is no better than what it sounds. Uh was oh, she boy. worth it refers to the cost of a marriage license which back in the nineteen fifties would set you back five shillings and a sixpence. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah, I mean I guess that checks out being yeah. from the fifties and just being like, Yeah, that's uh yeah, it doesn't was hold up today. It did it didn't really hold up then, but Yeah, when marriage is like like acquiring a, a new Hoover or something that just like that gives you problems and might serve a purpose. Or Do you something. mean vacuum <laughs> cleaner? Because Hoover is a licensed brand, right? Are you doing well, actually? <laughs> oh, well, should we talk about board games, <laughs> like that thing that we're here to do each week? No, we're talking about appliances. That <laughs> That's not the bit that I'm concerned about. <laughs> Uh, oh, hold on. I'm not going to be here next week, so I do want to just quickly say what next oh. week's one's going to be, because oh, yeah, I know that Mian's going to like this one. I feel well, like. I can't wait. What dated stereotype make... do we have in, t- in will... mind this time? <laughs> it will make up for all the mean things. Go, do it. 57, Heinz Varieties. Okay, fine. <laughs> sure. I'm so confused. Because you like beans? That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh what because I smell <laughs> Matthew Jarvis I mean, you need a teacher in this room and put the... ladies at the back I, I mean I'm we're all in a virtual space I'm just throwing peanuts at your head <laughs> spitballing yeah. just firing spitballs you did so well uh, alright let's, let's chat about some board games as usual we'll kick off with what we've been playing this week 
Uh, Nigla, let's throw over to you as our guest. What have you been playing lately in terms of board games and tabletop stuff? Um, actually, I've been really addicted to Codenames Duet. I don't know if you've talked about it yet. Sorry if you have. It's fine. We talk about the um, same mm-hmm. stuff every week, so don't worry about it. Yeah, we literally play it. like one game each, and that's our bit. <laughs> well, I have actually also played a new game, um, but I'll, I'll boy with Codenames Duet first. Um, I really like Codenames Duet. I didn't really like co-op games much before the pandemic, and um, I've come Please. around, so that's really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's been it's a nice like nice feeling of collaboration. Makes your brain feel like it's worked a bit, done a bit of exercise, um, and you know, conversation starter. Like I I've learned now the the slogan for the Oasis drink because I didn't know it, and someone used the word pour, p o u r, to get me to guess Oasis because uh, they thought I should remember that. <laughs> what well, what's the slogan? Is it just pour? Um, drink. More poor, more. I don't know. It clearly didn't ring right. for me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Honestly, I've not drunk an Oasis in a very long time. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I knew that at one point and just forgot it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's good fun. And I, I, um, I, I streamed it um, with the Sunny Nahotra, which oh, is which... nice, um, on Tuesday, and we're doing it again tonight. So um, you can come come see me in action again. This is like. not going out till Friday, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> no, but... It's weekly, Alex. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> can't get out of that. I was actually thinking to you, Lily. You can't get out of that easily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That was a special invite just for me. And then you said on the podcast, so I can't pretend like I didn't know about it. <laughs> okay, good. What's the nice. next game? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although Codenames Duet is not that old, right? It's like only a, a couple of years old, I think. I don't know. In, in pandemic years. I just feel like I'm late to the party. <laughs> mm. What were you saying? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I'm just late to the party with Codenames, you know? Like, I I only really started playing it last year, but I know it's been around a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like four years old or something. Yeah, in board game yeah. years, it's not that long. Yeah, it's, it's pretty like... I feel like it's also just... When it first came out, people were big into it and it was like scooping up a load of awards and so on. But it's now hitting that point where people who don't play like board games other than like Monopoly or Scrabble and stuff like that, like it's just, it's managed to break into that kind of like world, right? The mainstream thing. You spot it on shelves next to the stuff you'd expect that, that everyone owns now. It's become one of those. True. Which is probably why I need to save myself with another game, right? Because I don't want to be uh, a mainstream game. <laughs> hey, we're not judging here. There's no gatekeeping. We don't judge. is a great game. Yeah, we love Codenames. I actually know a new game that you've played. I'm wondering if this is the one you're about to say. Oh, I don't know. Um, King Domino. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, I, I only played talking. that for the first time about two months ago. It's really good, actually, isn't it? It's cute, right? Like, it's it's really aesthetically pleasing, and it's sort of like you're doing your own thing, but you're competing. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's, mm. it's not, And it's not too competitive, so you can still be friends at the end. Mm. <laughs> Not when you play with me. Like the you're playing with. Yeah. No holds barred, King Domino. I think I'm what the was the one you were now? Who's not played it from the team? We should play. I absolutely. Well, I I love Queen Domino, which is how I came to that series. Um, and I think people are kind of split. Nick, have you played Queen Domino, or have you only played King Domino? Ah, uh, it's really good. Like I would, if you're looking for. Because, like, King Domino is great by itself, but Queen Domino just adds, like, a couple of, like, extra rules that make it a tiny bit more complicated, but without getting super, uh, you know, it doesn't suddenly become, like, a super deep game. But I think mm. it just adds little kind of, you can build on new red squares. 
Um, and you can also pay a dragon to go and burn down some buildings. Oh, yeah, that's what you like about it. Kind of thing, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Matt, you like burning Which, down people's I mean, homes. from the sounds of it, you're not into co-op games, so like a bit of, you know, torching other players' buildings is probably going to be right up your alley, right? Um, it, I just, King Domino was, we played it for You've Never Played, because I'd never played it before, so we played it like a few months ago with like when Johnny was still here. And I just remember, and it was so annoying actually, because he said it, I think when we just stopped recording, um, and he was like, oh my god, King Domino, it's Kingdom, and Omino, <laughs> and Domino, Kingdom Omino. <laughs> I was, like, was like, oh my god, actually, yeah. And he was just like really in love with the name of the game, because he was like, it's Kingdom, and Domino. Had <laughs> an um, epiphany. I also know, uh, Nick, that you played Flam Rouge recently. Yeah, that that is another one I played, which... um. And how, how do you know that, Alex? <laughs> because I my copy of the game was at Sonny's house and I went to collect it and he was like, yeah, Nick and I played this and we're going to play it again. I was like, not with my copy, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say it, but I thought it. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's also a really nice game. Mm. I um, I definitely want to play that with more people. Um, I think it, like two people, it was nice. Yeah. Fact, had you even played it? Because it was put away so perfectly, I was like, Surely she's not touched this. No, I've played it a few times, yeah. I love that game. Okay. Oh. I just really look after my board games. <laughs> and also it's been at his house since the beginning of the, the pandemic, so and it's it's not that old a game, so I, I, I haven't played it a huge amount before um it was no longer my possession for a long time. Yeah. You've not um, quite had the time to spill glasses of squash on it or like get you greasy. I would mm. never snack hands. No uh uh-uh. uh so don't don't talk to me like this. <laughs> Man, don't don't even start. It happens in this house. Oh no! Uh, no. Well, you know, we're, we're... no. <laughs> um, I yeah, these things happen. It's fine. But yeah, you're saying it's like it's good with two players, but it's definitely one of those games that is better with more because there's like a mechanic in it where you um, benefit when people are in the front. And yeah. obviously the more players and, and you want to be like, you want to be behind them, but not too far behind them. So the more players you have, the more that kind of comes into play and you can kind of like utilize that for your for your own benefit. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all right, I think. But it's definitely one of those ones I think you'd want to play with three or four people, ideally. Um, it's yes. one of those like, you know, when they say two to four players, but it's really not two. Don't lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I guess you're right. I feel like you're yeah, right. That mechanic doesn't really come into its own, but it's quite nice. To, yeah, like kind of even if you're at the back, you know, you get to catch up, and also the people at the front, um, they get penalised, right? They get sort of tired tokens. Yeah, um, which will always happen. So, I yeah, there'd be more front riders. Yeah, if there are more people. I think I guess um, both both players would be more prone to getting those tick uh, those like tired cards more often, yeah. which would I guess make for an interesting race <laughs> when you've like eventually just have a whole hand of like tired cards or whatever they're called <laughs> crawling over the finish line <laughs> yeah because it's meant to be based on like the tour de france right the whole sort of setting of it no? i think there's a race, there called, Flamme a race Rouge? called Flamme Rouge. yeah i think there is i think it's named mm. after it i think i'm ignorant when it comes to cycling events <laughs> it seems i am as well to be fair but the name think... just makes me think of food I don't know why. Would you like it's well, a flamme, like flamme, flamme or something? Flamme. Yeah. Or flan. Flan rouge. Flan rouge. 
Delish. Delicious. <laughs> right. All right. Nice. Uh, is that about anyone been... else? Yeah. Uh, Lowlies, let's throw over to you. What have you been playing recently? Same thing I've been playing every day, Matt. <laughs> Star Realms. <laughs> the stock market. You say taking a slow draw from the Star Realms box. <laughs> well... <laughs> Seems like we found ourselves in this position once again. Yeah, pretty much since I um since I did that stream a couple of weeks ago, um I've been playing it like pretty much every day. Um I host a little tournament um recently as well for some people, um where I didn't play obviously, but um yeah, the it's just it's just a good time. I'm just going through that phase again where I play a lot of Star Realms. I actually um realized today, I think I saw on like Facebook they were like talking about the new arena rules because every week they've got that like new arena rule. And I was like, "Oh yeah, of course, it's Tuesday. There's a new arena rule this week that I haven't even looked at yet." So um I've been dying to go check it out. I haven't had a, a chance yet today, but um I think probably when we're done this, I'm going to go have a look and see what it is. Cause uh, I love I love the arena I love the arena. Um, sucked into Star Realms again, Lolis. I mean, I've I'm never really I'm never really out, out of Star Realms. Yeah, I'm just always kind of <laughs> hovering around it, um, you know. But like yeah. a bad smell. <laughs> like a bad smell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did play. Um, hold on, I did play it. When was it? Was it last last Wednesday? I guess it would have been. Um, so it would have been after we we filmed the last podcast. And um, uh, so Wise Wizard Games they do stream on Twitch like a couple of days a week, but it's usually like an American time, like PM. So I don't often catch the streams. Um, which obviously me being a massive Star Realms fan is a is a big pity. But um, they do this thing on Wednesdays where you can like play against one of the inventors of the game, so either Darwin or Rob. And um, I did it once, I think, where I played Rob. And you can win, like, a prize when if you beat him. So uh, last week it was Darwin, who I'd played a couple of times. And I I think we're on, like, or we were on equal scores. I think we'd beaten each, twi- like, each other twice each. And we were kind of, like, we hadn't played since. So I was like, okay, let's see if I can take Darwin on and win myself 100 credits. Um, and I played and I absolutely annihilated him like i won (laughs) with 56 authority bearing in mind you start with 50 uh i I ended with 56 authority and and him very dead um that sounds good i don't know what it means but it sounds great it means that i i beat i killed him whilst also gaining health myself i did i murdered him dead oh Um, my goodness (laughs) did he take it well he, um yeah I think so I was his first match of that of that stream so I guess maybe I was like a warm up I don't know um I, I didn't stick around too long because it was like midnight when I when I played the game um so I, I just won and, and went to sleep happily <laughs> just went peace and then just left dreamt nice dreams about being a winner um, <laughs> but yeah that was good and um I've been playing some Gloomhaven digital because obviously I can't play Gloomhaven in real life at the moment but um I've been playing the digital version and um, I'm playing it with a new person. And because I've played Gloomhaven, I keep playing it with new people. I've been playing the same like games mm. over and over again. So I've, been, I've finally gotten to that point where I've broken past the bit where like I've actually gotten further instead of playing the same scenarios over and over again. Um, so that's exciting. But I have realized that I think... Before, I was like, oh, you know, it's pretty true to the board game. Like, they've done a really good job of it, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, there's definitely certain things that have been annoying me. Like one of them is uh, like, for example, there's a bit where you have to like select who, uh, who you're targeting with your attack. And um, the game can be kind of confusing with the selection. And then there's no way to fix it because it's a video game. Whereas in real life, you would say I'm attacking these two and then you could just or, you know, you can like fix mistakes when you're playing a board game um, that like when you're playing with an AI kind of thing, it's it's not possible to do that stuff. And that's been really mm. frustrating me because in Gloomhaven in particular, especially when you've got like some hard quests, um, like uh, lots of little mistakes will make the difference at the end. Um, so that's been a bit frustrating. But also I've realized that in the board game, well, two things. Uh, firstly, um, the number of enemies change depending on how many players you've got. Um, but also that the enemies always start in the same place. So if you were to go to a quest and like you set up the enemies in a certain way, if you then like, I don't know, died or just fancied playing that quest again or whatever, um, the enemies will start in the same place. Um, that's not the case in the like digital version because, um, it's because I said I've played a few of the quests like uh, multiple times now I've realized that they actually change the location of where the enemies are which like I understand to a certain extent why they would do it because it, the whole kind of thing with Gloomhaven is that you um, aren't really supposed to have the information of where the enemies are when you go into a different room and stuff like that and also how many enemies there are so it kind of like skews that information for you a little bit I guess which makes it a bit fresher but also um I feel like they're probably the way the enemies are set up in the first place in the board game is done in a certain way that it's almost like a puzzle of how to like defeat them and that kind of gets taken away when they just get randomly like plopped on the on the board. Um so those are things that I've noticed. Um but they haven't like done a campaign version yet. This is still just playing mm. with it because it's still on beta. So I'm looking forward to them finally just releasing the the full game and and playing through the campaign. But yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Nice. I keep meaning to check out the Gloomhaven digital version. Hmm, it's really good. As I said before, like the Gloom, Gloomhaven's combat stuff is really fun. Mm. But the idea of unpacking Gloomhaven to play it yeah. is, I think at All this point, uh, just a hill I don't want to climb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a lot of investment for the sake of, like, it's it's a great game. But, you know, like when you're spending as long packing it, up and setting it up or even longer than you are playing it just feels a bit much yeah mm. i think ideally you want to get a few games in if you're going to be playing it in real mm. life because yeah it's, yeah, just it's like it a weekend out. game rather than than like an evening game I yeah think. i just, think so just leave it out on your table i'm not made what? of tables well, <laughs> the, our friend sunny uh, who we mentioned earlier he um he owns the Gloomhaven copy that I've played in IRL, and he's got a huge table. So when he, when it, like when we were able to meet up in our, like real life and, and play these games, he would just leave it out if he knew that we we're mm. gonna play it like the following weekend or whatever. But obviously, yeah, that's table spaces can be a premium sometimes. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it is a luxury, definitely. Well, do you think uh, I have like hundreds of tables or something? <laughs> this is the Gloomhaven table, <laughs> just like in a box you know like people have train sets or yeah. like dioramas in a box instead you've just got gloomhaven mm. i mean it's something to strive towards right in in your life mm. yeah having so many tables that can yeah. have you know every single game that you have can have its own table that it's set yeah. up on 
Yeah. I do like the the dining room tables, the kind of board game tables where you lift out the middle and mm. then I think people can store stuff flat under there. Yeah. That's quite a nice. Mm. But then I guess the miniatures would be too tall, so you'd have to replace them with tokens or something. I don't know. But that, yeah, that's quite a nice down. idea of just plonk yeah, this bit of wood on top. Just lay them going. down to sleep. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Meehan wouldn't get squash all over the game either, because that's, you know, they're designed to have the drinks under the Exactly! <laughs> I, wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to spill my cream soda over everything. Or cream soda? <laughs> of course, yeah, of course that's sticky. the drink that you'd go for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be more DP. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dr. all right. Pepper. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, oh, no, I, like, yeah, I, I'm aware of what DP is. I don't Thank know. you. I'm, I'm hip and happening with the latest drinks of the 1940s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really big in Soho at the moment. DP. Mm. Yeah, it's hot. Uh, it's hot stuff. That's uh, hot. Speaking of hot stuff, what have you been playing, Alex? Mian? <laughs> that comes out hot. Whoa! Like the hot games you've been playing, hot no. releases. <laughs> No, wow. I know what you mean. I'm just having a laugh. Uh, and, you know, giving myself some compliments. Um, <laughs> I need it after being told I stink. Um, yeah, so I've been playing. So I've had another week where I've actually been playing stuff. So this is exciting. And it's not like just the same games all the time. Um, so keeping it fresh. I won't take that personally as a member of your <laughs> root and terraforming marks weekly group. I'm look, I'm not throwing shade. I just get mocked sometimes for basically being the scythe person or the root person it's true. or the terraforming Mars person. So I'm shaking those chains off this week. Uh so I played two games this week. Um firstly I played Stardew Valley. Um which it's a board game. is Indeed, indeedably, oh. yes. Uh, <laughs> there is, yes, yeah, Stardew Valley, the board game. I have not played Stardew Valley, the video game. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, is it this a game you were invited to then, and you just yeah, were like yeah, let's let's do some farming. Yeah, well, uh, my friend hosted it, and they were like, "Do you want to?" Because I was like, I want to play some more board games online. And they were like, well, we like Stardew Valley. Do you want to play that? And I was like, hell yeah. So Hell to um, the yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so again, I'm not going to be able to provide a very good kind of comparison to the video game. Although I have a vague idea of what you do in it. Uh, the artwork is basically from the video game. So like including the character cards, which are based off the kind of yeah designs of the characters you find in the video game whereas the rest of the artwork is all kind of pixelated and stuff mm-hmm. um it's very cute like the art style is really nice and if you like that art style you'll probably like this basically if you like stardew valley you'll probably like this game because it heavily borrows from the kind of things that you'll be doing in that game so um it takes place over four different seasons uh i wonder what those are (laughs) um (laughs) and these are like rounds um and it's a co-op game so you're working together and you start the game with a selection of random objectives set to you by your grandfather yes uh, who turns out game yes 
who turns out is a, is masochistic because the objections are actually really hard. <laughs> 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 and uh, so he's like, you better get this done always. Everything is ruined. So it turns out that maybe it does the sound main like my difference... grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the main difference here from the video game is that it's it's quite a stressful experience, really, playing it because you're on a time limit in terms of getting everything done, and a lot of the objectives are like require a lot of investment. Um, so the ones we working with were like make this many friends. Uh, fish this the legendary fish um i think there were some others that i can't remember but um we all kind of got assigned to different roles and we call them roles because they're not like this is all you do but it's more like this is what you're specialized in doing so i took the fishing one uh which meant that i spent a lot of my time going down to the lake and the sea uh and trying to get the fishes and a lot of the stuff you do works in a similar manner that you have a set of dice that you roll and you want to try and get certain results. So from so for fishing, I wanted to get the results to match the fish that I wanted. But I was basically <laughs> I was basically overfishing this island to the point where there was nothing left in the oceans, which is terrible for the environment. <laughs> um, but because I needed to find all the legendary fish, but the fish are drawn randomly, so you've got to hope that. And the, the legendary fish just happened to be the last damn fish in the bag, <laughs> which meant that I spent most of the game fishing. Um, <laughs> someone else was was very good at like mining, so they went off to the mines and like again a lot of it's rolling to get the right kind of results. It worked slightly differently than all the same, but. This is the biggest criticism I'd have of Stardew Valley in the sense that a lot of it is based in RNG in terms mm. of you just got to hope that you get the results you need. Otherwise, you're kind of a bit screwed because it kind of gets to the point. So we had a quite a bad start to the game in terms of our luck was quite awful. And it just kind of meant that we 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 could have like pulled things round. It's not like it's impossible once you have a bad start. But then, for example, with me, with the fish being the last ones in, in the bag, like it meant that I spent so much time trying to do that that I couldn't help so much with everything else that we were doing. And a lot of the strategy of the game is just like, okay, what do we have in our inventories? Um, what equipment do we have so you can upgrade equipment once you, you get the right kind of resources? Uh, and that makes things easier. But again, you want to try and do that as quickly as possible. And we weren't getting the resources we needed to do that. So things were kind of stacked against us in that regard. So we did lose. Uh, we ran out of time before we could we could succeed. But at no point did it kind of feel like, oh, we're doomed, that's it. It was close. But I, I'd say the biggest problem with that game is like, a lot of randomness but i like games of randomness to be honest and i had a fun time playing it um you know it it is very accessible in the sense that there's a lot going on in it but what you're doing really isn't that complicated and you know especially as you're working as a group i was playing with people who have played before so they could kind of help walk me through what the best things you know to do are so I enjoyed it. I would be interested to play it again to see whether we could get better luck 
and whether the objectives we had were particularly difficult ones. And again, because we lost as part of the group, it didn't feel so bad. And I think that's what a big strength of co-op games. Mm. Yeah, is the fact that you lose as a team rather than on your own in the corner. <clears throat> but um, that was Stardew Valley. So you can, there's a mod on TTS you can get for that because obviously buy games, but it's very difficult to get Stardew Valley at the moment because it's basically sold out and it's mm, only I, available in the US. So I was going to say, I think it only came out in the US because it seemed to just explode and then bef- within a yeah, day it was all gone. gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, I hope they make it more widely available, even if that means they have to go for a larger publisher. Um Oh god, what's the company called? Something Gorilla, right? Concerned Ape. Concerned Ape. I wasn't far off. Yeah, I hope they because they I think they release it themselves. Yeah, I think so. It's not... um I think their name's Eric something. It's the it's kind of like a one person team. Yeah, or yeah. at it's least to begin with, I imagine team. it's it's more people now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I do hope that maybe they try and do a deal with with a publisher to make it more widely available because I think a lot of people want to play that game. And it is mm. fun. Like, it's not groundbreaking, but it is better, again, as video game, board games go, it's one of the better ones in terms of... There are some real crappy ones. Um, uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed that. And then I also played Unmatched Battle mm. of Legends, which is a nicely generic name. <laughs> Um, what is not generic though is the box art and the components which are incredible like the quality of that game is amazing in terms of the box feels so good the artwork is really nice both on the box and particularly on the the cards so it's uh, it's a skirmish game I'd call it with, with card sort of playing mechanics so you do have a board with miniatures on and you control those characters using their specific deck of cards which allows them to kind of move and attack and do various other actions depending on you know who you're playing with and the premise of it has always been really interesting because it's entirely based on like fictional historical characters firstly the ones that they managed to get the license to because they're in the public domain so the the core box that we played, which is the first release they did, were is King Arthur, Sinbad, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, and Medusa. So those are all characters that I think are in the public domain. Um, or a dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they kind of did some future releases, partnered with with licensed brands. So like there's a Jurassic Park one where you can play as the Velociraptors. There's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer one. Yeah, Nicola, you should be laughing. It's so stupid. Yeah, man. Um, but it's also kind of ama- like amazingly wonderful in the sense that they they've sort of I don't know how it works with those kind of characters, but the ones that are in the core set that we played with they do like feel like they're part of the same you know game like the designs of the artwork and especially on the cards it all kind of looks like this is not some weird mashup that that that's odd mm-hmm. um they all look like they could be in the same universe like battling against one another for whatever reason um i played as alice 
and my friend played as um, Medusa. And yeah, like it's accessible enough in the sense that it did not take us very long to learn the game. The system it's based on wasn't it used for Star Wars like Galaxy something? Yeah, there was a Star Wars game that came out a long time ago. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, something. Um, something. But yeah, it is. It just pulls from that, yeah. but without the Star. I think yeah. Rob Davio was involved yeah, in Rob the original Davio Star Wars thing and in, involved in this as he well. Is, so. Yeah, he is involved in this. Um, and yeah, the the system is it's very accessible. But it's great because it means that they're able to kind of build on top of a very solid framework in the terms of like Alice, for example, had her own unique ability. She could go big or small and Mm. like going, you know, choosing either of those sizes has their own advantages. And she also had a sidekick, the Jabberwock, who, who counts as like a figure on the board. It's actually a token. But like... For example, my opponent had to kill both Alice and the Jabberwock to win. Whereas they had Medusa and three Harpies, but the Harpies had less health than my Jabberwock. So even in then, like we were, you know, we had different kind of advantages and disadvantages. But Medusa is definitely a character that is long range attacks. So, so her ability is she could shoot like an arrow at her opponent as long as they're in the same zone and do damage but her deck was a lot more defensively based which meant that i had the agonizing experience of chasing her around the board constantly (laughs) trying to get her as you just shot me from a distance and uh because alice's melee range she can't do long range attacks Mm. so it definitely felt like the characters were unique in the sense of the way you play them but I just cannot praise the artwork enough, especially on the cards. It's amazing. Like that, some some of that stuff is so, it's so much better than you expect it to be in terms of this kind of game. Like, it's it's just like really good quality. So, um, I would de- definitely be interested in playing some of the other expansions and things like that. And they've got a new core set coming out, some point this year, I think. I wrote the story on it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm no, really. <laughs> this is one of those games that I've wanted to play for a while. I think it was kind of hard to get a hold of in the UK mm. uh, for a bit. It's because it's restoration. Oh, it's restoration games and Mondo, right? Yeah, the, like the pop culture poster and apparel and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, studio, so yeah. Yeah, it's... It's a... yeah. It's like a very odd, like un un unmatched matchup. Between Restoration Games and Mondo in the sense that, like, yeah, I think Mondo is what does... I think they do the heavy lifting in terms of acquiring the franchise and brands and stuff. Whereas Restoration Games, like, actually have made a workable system and then design the mm. decks and make it look not like a piece of crap. Yeah, so. it's... It's so cool because the like you say the concept is kind of dumb because yeah, it's the it's equivalent kind of, of taking dumb. two action figures and just slamming just, them together. Yeah. I mean, like I've got T Rex and Bruce Lee. Let's yeah, see how they Bruce go. Yeah, Bruce Lee but, is one of them. Yeah. But it's it sounds like from from what you've said and from what I've heard from others, it sounds like it they really do pull it off, and it seems yeah. to be like they've put out a lot of packs since that first set. So presumably it's doing pretty well because they yeah. they're continuing to put them out. Yeah, I I. I... I enjoyed it. It's not revolutionary, but I I think that it's just very satisfying in terms of like because it's so simple. Mm. 
and yet your brain is still forced to work for for that win or, or whatever like you have to it's not just like that f- that Funko Games thing <laughs> that Wheels and I played, which is like the Funko Games thing is like the dark universe version of this. It's like, how do you do this concept but terribly? In the sense that <laughs> literally like the opposite. The components were horrible in terms of like the quality was terrible. Um, like the gameplay was just so boring and stripped back and just not good um and it was obviously it that also worked with different kind of licenses and stuff and it's kind of like you look over on match and you're like this is this is how you do that because this is actually fun to play it's not overly complicated it's fun and it doesn't look like crap so there you go i just wanted to stir the pot i think (laughs) slowly just just sat there going you didn't think it was that bad (laughs) Matt, what did you play? Tell us. Uh, I played a lot of Magic the Gathering. Oh, look at you! Sat in your ivory tower. uh, (laughs) uh, I played. I so I played Tragic the Gathering. Am I right? (laughs) Well, now you're just making. Yeah, Have you just? You've seen me play, haven't you? Um, So uh, yeah, on on Friday. Uh, like Friday afternoon, me and Chase and I played a bit of Magic because um, the new Strixhaven set is out, which is basically their version of Hogwarts. It has five colleges, they do magic, all that kind of thing. Yeah, there's, a, um, there's an attractive person there. Yeah, a few, uh, from what I understand. <laughs> um, although that was not my draw to Magic the Gathering. Well, I played a bit. <laughs> some other people have interest. Uh, <laughs> like. If if you are in for magic because of all the attractive people, yeah, that's, that's perfectly basically fine. the main yeah, yeah, yeah. draw. For me. Um, I'm not but, very good. <laughs> I've played before, and actually, so uh, yeah, like I say, we we played, and I ended up doing. So I've been playing on Magic: The Gathering Arena, um, and I've played Magic before. I've played generally with like pre-made decks, and like I enjoy it for what it's worth but i've kind of never really sunk into it in the way that it seems to grab other people this might be the closest i've come yet uh, but i ended up going through the color challenges so there are five mana colors and they basically make you play with a single color deck for each color um, and you go up against each of the other four colors and then you have to play a human at the end so you play like <gasps> four ai then a human the biggest challenge yeah and win or lose you do actually pass pass it's fine um and I've, I think I've done like four of the color challenges now. So I played like a couple of dozen games because I also played some other games outside of that. Um, and it's fun. It's a good way of learning. It, te- it does a really good job of teaching you magic and kind of getting you to understand, oh, maybe you don't want to attack with all of your creatures this turn because they're just going to get wrecked by this thing that has like five toughness. Um, but I will say that I ended up... I went through, like I say, the different colours and I ended up using the red deck that you used me in and I hated it. it I hated awful. that particular deck, which is goblins everywhere, something like that. I know, and I, Just, I using, I'd love that. Yeah, I didn't gel with it at all and it's actually the one I had the most trouble with. I lost quite a few times. So you're, so essentially you're telling me <laughs> that it was entirely the deck's fault, not mine, that I, that I lost so badly. Oh, I don't think, I don't think it was your fault. Yeah, I think you also had bad card draw. Um, I but... played with that other red but the deck, deck wasn't great I, there was another red deck that i don't know whether i just wasn't getting good draws 
essentially when I played with Chase and Matt, again, I've not really played Magic that much. Um, I've played other card games. That's a very, very general sort of phrase. Um, but I used to play a bit of Hearthstone, which is like an entirely digital based card game back in the day. Um, and then I played some Keyforge. So I know some of the fundamental kind of mechanics that those kind of games use. Um, but magic is a bit different in the sense that obviously you have to use land, some mana, and that can get confusing. And it's been around forever, so there are about a billion keywords. Uh, but I played against Matt and Chase using these two red decks because, like, Chase recommended I try using red mana because of my general sort of play styles. And they, they were both just terrible in the sense that I just wasn't drawing the cards that synergized with the other cards I had in my hand. So it's like, oh, this does a really cool thing, but you need to have this first. I'm like, well, I don't have that. <laughs> so this is basically garbage. You've just handed me. <laughs> and that happened twice. Whereas your green deck, you drew three of those horrible rhino things. Yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, they buffed each other and yeah. Yeah, they kind of wiped you out. But Perfect. I think that red deck definitely looks like I had real trouble until I played a very particular way, which is basically just a stack a load of enchantments that then did two damage every time I attacked. And I ended up doing like 15 damage in one turn just because I'd stacked them all. But it felt... I didn't love it. So, no. yeah. I would... If you're not turned off by that experience on Friday, I would, like, just recommend trying a different colour deck. I think that's kind of the nice thing about Magic. Yeah. Is you can make it what you want it to be in some ways if you don't gel with a, a colour or a deck. I mean, Chase and I... So, Chase is is the, our, our teacher, as it were, <laughs> in the Magic world. Or at least it certainly is mine. Uh, and afterwards, I was feeling a bit salty. And he was like, let's try... So there's Friday Night Magic uh, that you can do on Magic Arena, which I think gives you a selection of decks to play against people, and then you can win stuff if you do really well. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. And we tried this white and black deck, was it? It was, it was an odd deck, because it was using the adventuring thing that, that uh, Chase had used in one of his previous decks. And I think that had been released um, with Zendikar? Yeah, I think that's right. Quests were part of Throne of Eldraine. Oh. And then Zendikar introduced something else. Party. Zendikar okay. Rising introduced the party mechanic. Right, I was getting confused. So, yeah, the Throne of Eldraine introduced this adventuring mechanic. It was very weird, but kind of fun in the sense that cards will have two uses. And you can play them as an effect or as a minion. But or you, so a lot of the cards we played the effect and then we played them as a minion afterwards and there were quite a lot of cards that synergized with having adventuring you know um, cards played or like in your deck and we also had some flying minions as well and uh, Chase kind of sort of taught me through how to play it but um, there was one card which was <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever seen that was, um, it was something like, oh, kill all other minions that aren't giants. <laughs> and it was a giant card we played, so it basically killed all of the opponent's minions on the board. And I was like, if I was that person, I'd feel so salty. I'd be mad. I wouldn't take that well at all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like generally that's, yeah, there are a few like magic cards that do do that. 
but yeah that they tend to be like either expensive or just not as common like i feel that's something you see more in keyforge keyforge is yeah. just like you churn through creatures at an unbelievable rate yeah no keyforge that's is pretty much faster pace yeah. but i think that's because keyforge doesn't isn't a mana based game yeah so that's the, yeah the so getting thing. minions out on the board isn't such a struggle but also minions aren't so important in terms of you're not trying to kill your opponent you're trying to forge keys so you know just having loads of bodies on the board isn't necessarily uh, you know the aim of things it's more about what they can do for you mm. in terms of gaining ember but yeah i'd be up for giving it another go it's yeah i feel like it's got enough of the hooks in at this point where i'm like oh you know what yeah like maybe maybe i'll like maybe i'll go down a little hole with this like i did with you yeah is this like, 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 um... like you fall kind of down a, the trading card game hole at some point and be like yeah I'll, I'll play this like solidly for a few months and see what happens but is this like what happened when you got into infinity for a bit and then you bought all those minutes infinity. yeah so i mean now... hey now you're gonna get into I think the the big question for me will be like, can I be asked to build a deck? Because that's where <laughs> magic often falls apart for me. Is like I don't want to spend most of my time with this game doing admin, looking up meta lists, and like I just want to play the game. Like just let me play the game. Like of which I think is the appeal of something like Keyboard or games. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, is it a long game, Magic? Like how much is it? It's like on on arena. Like games can take five. 10 minutes like typically they're not super long and i think that's the thing is like if you spend half an hour to an hour like putting together your deck and then you play a five ten minute game and get trashed and just be like well i spent all this time investing in this deck and it's clearly just my life (laughs) yeah so i think that's that'll be an interesting thing for me i think arena does help with that stuff because it does have those kind of ready built decks and i'm kind Mm. of curious to see how the deck building stuff is in that um but but we'll see, and I think it, it's definitely nice having someone like Chase to guide you through, but Arena does do a good job of introducing those concepts to you, so we'll see. Um, Jason Coles, actually, is not up on the website as of this podcast, but next week Jason Coles has written a piece about Pack Wars, which is like a format for Magic, where you just have a load of land cards, and you open one booster pack, and you don't know what's in it, but that's your deck. It's one booster pack and some lands, and that sounds like the kind of fun Magic that I'm into. Like, yeah. I want to play Draft as well, because if, if the the deck building is kind of part of the game. I think that will interest me much more than I need to go away for two hours and study up on the meta. Yeah. Uh, and then just get, like say, salty when something destroys me and I have to be like, <laughs> well, clearly that didn't work. Time to go back to the drawing board. Um, oh. But yeah, uh, the only other thing uh, as we move on is I have a copy of Oathset on this table with me and I'm it's itching to play it. <laughs> yeah. It's a really big box, given that Root is not huge. Root's like a medium-sized box. Oath is bloody massive i don't know if that's because uh later games kind of sent over the kickstarter edition so it might have a load of stuff that's not in the like whatever version comes out of retail but mm. it's real big and it looks great there's a little pig from carl ferrin on the side yeah i saw that oh, so it's great as always yeah, matt shared the pig. pig with us and we were like this is mvp pig mm. i think the pig did come up actually in our playthrough of oath when we played it with uh, cole Worley. i think the pig came up as a treasure somewhere uh, he is a so treasure. I'm going to check it. out that video if you want to see a, a little pig. Yeah. Um, let's move on to news, shall we? Uh, let's blast through these. So, first up, Alex Meehan. Hello. Uh, tell us about... I'm in the Grail <laughs> Games. It's yeah. 
not not great news from Grail Games. Gonna... Well, yeah. I mean, it's sort of not entirely unexpected either, considering mm. the way things have been going. So, yeah, Grail Games have kind of put a blog post out, and it's it's an interesting one because it kind of goes through the history of of the publisher, um, and due to that history, um, they've unfortunately just decided to drop uh, a lot of their planned reprints of. Uh, Reiner Knizia, he's back again, <laughs> back with a vengeance. He oh, never really Knizia. left us. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So a lot of they had planned to reprints of several of Knizia's kind of uh, classics. So they'd already done things like um, uh, Yellow and Yangtze, which I think you like. Yeah, um, I love it. It's yeah, it's scutting because Yellow and Yangtze is a really, really good game. Uh, and they'd done the Medici. Uh, the card game and uh, other like uh, yeah beloved games from that designer and I think they had planned to do several other reprints including uh, like a full on remake of Medici which they'd announced last year uh, as, and it had gone to Kickstarter um, has it gone to Kickstarter yet? Or... I don't think so okay, I think it was they just announced to, it yeah. they were going to go to Kickstarter but they've kind of um, uh, put that in the toilet uh, as it were, uh, because it seems that uh, reprints of uh, you know games like this aren't doing so well. So uh, they explained their reasons as being like uh, these reprints, while great at getting um, board game geekers specifically to notice what one is doing, just hasn't sold well. Uh, uh, admitted uh, Harding. Um, David Harding, who is basically the founder of Grail Games, which is interesting because it kind of follows on from a story we had from Zedman Games, who had cancelled uh, their Euro Classic line, which had pretty much only featured Knizia games <laughs> yeah. up to that point. Uh, and the, the, the first game that was not a Knizia game was about to come out and they cancelled that. So it's kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, a bit harsh, but um, and they they cited um, so Kimball, um, Steve Kimball, who's basically the studio head of Zedman Game, had also cited Board Game Geek, and sort of that 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 difficulty of getting people to notice what you're doing outside of the real hobbyists. Mm. Um, Which. Honestly, I'm surprised because they put out a digital version of Yellow and Yangtze, which mm. is also like it's a really good port. Um, but you would think that if they went in for an app, you would think that game was doing well enough for them to go. It's time to put out a digital version because I would guess that the amount of people who buy a digital version of a board game is probably a smaller proportion of the proportion that buy that. Yeah. So I mean, it just it, I was surprised to hear that like oh yeah they just haven't really done very well. Which yeah, yeah Yellow and Yangtze particularly because Tigris and Euphrates is like a uh, beloved classic uh, and very hard to find actually i think there was a, one of the ones that zedman or fancy flight put out yeah they um, put out a yeah they put out a version of tigris and euphrates 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 i don't know I, yeah we, we talk about right. this often how the I'm hell not a historian i only ever read these words um, um i mean it might be the case that you know yellow and yangtze did do well and it might be the case that the other reprints that they've done mm. just haven't performed up to that standards in terms of what they'd hoped um and you know like i 
even though they're all by Kinitia, it's Kinitia makes so many games that it might be the case of like, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that all of Kinitia's games are going to be hits or yeah. have been hits. Um, yeah. On paper, yeah, because like Medici as well is, it's mm. not among his biggest games, but it's like it's fairly well known in the the community and the hobby. Yeah. But maybe at this point, it's just that. Maybe know, people the, already have copies. That's yeah, the exactly. The, pe- the people that like it already like it, don't need to buy a new copy. Yeah. And for everyone else, it's kind of like a game from 30 years ago that they just don't feel the need yeah. to, to pick up because there's so much stuff coming out that's brand new. I mean, so, Which is a real shame because Magici the card game also really loved it, but they they gave it new art. I think they reworked the rules. So I would guess there was investment up front rather than just putting out kind of same yeah. look same rules that you know they're, i mean they're... there's always investment involved because you still mm. have to produce the actual games i mean it is a shame in the sense that the medici reformation project like it looked like a like a fundamental improvement on the original in terms of like its quality so like the artwork is a billion times better than the original like the original artwork is just like you know oh this is enticing sort of a weird looking man is here uh, he looks vaguely Italian but um, the but the new artwork uh, you know what I mean uh, <laughs> the new artwork is, was just so much better in terms of the quality but it's kind of it's a shame that it's all that's that you know works all gone and I don't know whether mm. they just thought it was worth you know stopping now rather than you know, produce all that stuff and then it not do well. But um, yeah, uh, I think they're moving on to kind of new stuff now. So there is, they are releasing a new edition of Fjords, um, which was co-created by Phil Walker-Harding and Beth Sobel, who are both fairly prominent in the industry. Um, There is a new uh, game coming from Scott Elms, who did Tiny Epic Galaxies, and there's so you know a few others that they apparently haven't announced yet, which is exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, to be honest with you, I do prefer publishers to work on new stuff in general. Like, you know, I I kind of feel like those older games that I want to get my hands on. Most of the time, I'll go for ones that are fairly easily obtainable, rather than things that have been sort of out of print for a while. But um, I like new ideas, so I'm not really that gutted by this. But I think yeah. there is a reason to be somewhat sad about this if you really wanted to see those games. Yeah, I think it's just particularly shit. Like, I went hunting for Tigrishin Euphrates Euphrates um, on the App Store because it used to be available because I played quite a lot of it and was very bad at it. Um, but it, it, you just can't find it anymore. And I think that's more the like kind of the shame is that these games are just... Like, if you do want to check them out, there's not even a way of doing that digitally anymore i guess tabletop simulator probably has a mod somewhere but they're not official so it's not like you're supporting the, yeah. the people who made it but so it's just a case of like oh like if you want to play tigers and euphrates that you either have to hunt down a copy somewhere that's probably going to be extravagantly expensive or kind of like settle for a tts mod or whatever it may be so it'd just be nice if there was a way of of these games being available in some form Mm. Um, for those who want to play it, I think that's more the shame is this, this sense that they're just being dropped and, like, will we ever see them again, or or is that it for for these kind of games? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Grail Games are still stocking these games and at least until the end of the year. 
So if you want to get your hands on copies, do it now. <laughs> yeah, they can, they do literally say like, "Oh, grab them while you can," because like <laughs> they go after that. Who knows? Yeah, um, <laughs> they're going in a landfill along with ET. But... <laughs> The, the video, video game, game not, not the alien <laughs> just that that was a really dark ending to E.T. that yeah. they yeah. the end uh, alright let's move on to Galaxy Trucker quick one it's come back it's trucking back it's still trucking still tr- that should be the tagline on the bottom of the box still trucking <laughs> yeah I think Galaxy Trucker is a pretty popular game from what I know people seem to enjoy it I, I own it, it but I've never played it <laughs> So this is going to be real, real insightful. Um, yeah, so it was it was kind of originally released in 2007, which is a, a long time ago now, believe it's it or not. It's a long time ago. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> hey, just, just keeping no, no. it real. I was I 17. Think it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so the the publishers, check um, games. Yes. Yeah. yeah, check games edition. Yeah, um, uh, they are releasing a, a brand new edition of the game uh, with new artwork, which looks nice. It's bright and colourful. I think it's way better than looks the old like one. Looks like a kids game. It do- it looks better than the old one, but yeah. oh, it's yeah. still not very good. Yeah, it's still <laughs> somehow it's not representative. I mean, I think in the press release, for example, I think they're really trying to push this as a very as an accessible game in terms of. They were saying, oh, look, there's a... So I believe there's... Um, it's apparently been somewhat streamlined, okay. the gameplay, to make it a bit more, you know, again, accessible. Um, there is, like, a, a campaign mode you can play called Transgalactic Trek, which I think is designed for people who want a bit more challenge. But having not played it, I wouldn't be able to tell you what the difficulty level is like. But they seem to really be pushing it as like a this is a family game that you can play with your kid. It says ten plus on the old box. Mm, yeah, um, it was designed by now help me out here, Matt. Vladivostok. Did I do that right? Yeah. There you go. You made code names. Hmm. So there you go, Nicola. It all comes right around. <laughs> I feel like yeah, Vlad is like another one that just churns out games yep. just quietly because I like Space Alert. I think is is like yep. Mage Knight and just Knight, all these yeah. games kind of just flying out. But it's I wouldn't kind of, say yeah. they churn them out though. Not Knizia no, 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 style. That's... No Not one Knizia does it like Knizia. Knizia. No one yeah, does it like Knizia. But there's still, yeah, like, Roger Vato's put out, like, a number of big games. I always forget just how many of those kind of, like, recognisable names Mm. he's been behind. So, Um, yeah, Galaxy Trucker, I think, is, is, like you say, pretty well-rated, I think. It it looks, so I'm saying it looks different. It looks better. I, I, looking at it now, I'm more interested to play it. Whereas, as I say, I've had the game. I've had the game for several years, and I've not even opened the box, I don't think. Because um, <laughs> it, it, the old cover looked like it was like yeah. a heavy game. It didn't look like a like a family so the, game that they're kind of branding it now. They've gone in the opposite direction now. Yeah. yeah, they've definitely rebranded it to try and like maybe because board gaming is more popular now. So they're, they're hoping that they'll be able to catch the eye of people because uh, the theme is very playful. Because it's like you you you're basically a cargo ship flying through the galaxy. Mm. Uh, star trucking star trucking exactly mm. um so 
as far as the key differences, it's mostly just going to be artwork. I think that there's going to be some more components and just going to be better quality in general. And as they say, they they said the game line is going, the gameplay is going to be streamlined. I don't know what that means specifically. It's like every publisher's favorite word now. Yeah. I feel is um, everything is streamlined. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how much of an effect that's going to have on things, we don't know. But you know, I've heard this one banded about and i've been intrigued by it it sounds fun do you want to um, buy my old copy man nope. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to um, upgrade <laughs> so there's um it's it's sort of aiming for summer there's no specific date other than that but it seems like quite reasonably priced they they said uh 25 pounds hmm. um which is I mean, that's from me doing conversion from euros, so it might not be that specifically, but... I think, yeah, under 30 quid, though, because it's, it's 30 euro, I'm guessing. It's, yeah, They're basically one-to-one one at this yeah. point. Cheers, Brexit. Um, but I think, like, that's anything under 30 quid feels yeah. pretty reasonable feels for, for a board game nowadays. For a board game. Yeah. When, when, you've, when some board games are priced over £100... It is like 30 quid is now a deal. <laughs> um, obviously, that's dependent on what's in there, but. Yeah. That feels like, as if, I guess you can probably find codims for what, 15 quid nowadays? Yeah. yeah and this feels over. like the step up from that. That feels about Much right, smaller but... game, though. Like code names. Yeah. Considering yeah. what you get in there, there's not a huge amount, like, in terms of. It's just a bunch of cards, really. Not that I, I love code names. This is not slagging it off. It's literally just being real. <laughs> And a sand timer. Yeah, and a sand yeah. timer. Yeah, and, right. and the little things, so the, the little plastic things, so your plastic yeah. Yeah. thing can sit in it. I mean, there's Star Rails there. is just a bunch of cards, really, as well, right? Yeah, true. Let's, yeah, let's dig <laughs> yeah, on Star Rails. Let's dunk on Star Rails. <laughs> <laughs> Oi! That, stop it! Nah, so, stop I mean, Star Rails is like a tenner, right? I feel like that's that feels all right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. I've, I don't know if I've ever played Galaxy Truck. I don't think i have i think sometimes matt, i get it confused with space alert matt i'm surprised because you seem like the trucking type thank you so kindly um <laughs> no he's he's train man yeah he can't, he can't be seen and, on a truck trucks are just trains of the land <laughs> wait trains also go on land trucks are just trains of the road uh, it's all <laughs> wonderful get that on a bumper sticker put it on yeah. the truck my other truck is a train um, <laughs> <laughs> it's for yeah i'm I I like games where you haul stuff from one place to another yeah. place. I really like like, <laughs> Waste, like Wasteland Express Delivery Service is a great game, and that game is all just about you're in these Mad Max style trucks and you just lug in the cargo. Yeah, because places. even in the even in the post-apocalyptic Mad Max world, hmm. people still need their their deliveries. You know, they still need their t-shirts. Yeah, they're so. still the gig job economy. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. But yeah. Uh, Interested to see Galaxy Trucker and see how what streamlined means basically. Yeah. It's like, what what does that mean? You just knocked a few words out the rule book. Who knows? What does that actually mean? Now, you know, Matt Jarvis, tell us about what what's on on television these days. I feel oh, like yeah, I've heard this news before. Did you read it on Dicebreaker.com? <laughs> um, <laughs> I 
think we've discussed <laughs> it before. Uh, you may, yeah, you may have confused it with like yeah, the, we've we've done also quite the a few many stories, like, like television adaptations about, of board games. Weirdly, though, I talk. Okay, I mean, t- relieve, tell us what it is, and then yeah, we'll talk about it. it. All right, yeah, yeah. So, guess who is being made into a television show? Yeah, guess I know. The, <laughs> <laughs> the classic game of. Do they have glasses? Do they have brown hair? Yeah, do they, have do they all of that kind of yeah? Uh, you know, you flip them over, you try and guess who, and now you'll try and guess who on your television screen. I, I feel means, like we talked about this before, and I feel like I literally <laughs> talked about it at the weekend to a friend, and I was like, "Yeah, they're making a TV show about guess who." Well, that's Am I friend, psychic? Right? <laughs> I must have been psychic. I mean, this is this is from a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, Chase wrote it up, so you, you may have just read the story. Oh, uh, maybe and I then... did. Yeah. It's not. We're not. <laughs> this isn't the news breaking now. But yeah, I'm kind of. We've guessed the story behind Lonely's <laughs> yeah. mystery. So uh, yeah, this is this is coming out of Hasbro, which owns the game, uh, as it does with Risk and the other Cluedo's. Cluedo, that's got a movie on the way. Yeah. Right? That's not a. The, but... And. Uh... They D&D. technically own D&D as well. Yeah, Magic the Gathering, all of the stuff. There's a lot of stuff coming out of Hasbro, but this is going to be what sounds like a reality TV... Uh, no, sorry, a game show, not a reality ah. TV show. Um, we don't know anything more about it, really. We just know that it is going to be... They say here in this story from Chase, uh, it'll be a competition for cash prizes. Uh, it's in development between Entertainment One, which is part of Hasbro, and... Mm. Um, Endemol, all... which I think Endemol Shine, Endemol I think did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. It's quite sto- like storied as a game show production company. Um, so, quoting from Chase's story, the show will feature unscripted episodes wherein contestants must rely on intuition and parceled out clues to judge situations in the moment. Much more about the structure of the show is unclear. Uh, so this comes via Deadline, which broke the news. Mm. So we basically don't know anything about it other than it's Guess Who and you can win some money by playing Guess Who. Matt, like, uh, yeah, yeah th- that's the first thing that came to my head. Is it like Celebrity Squares, but you just yeah. like you have famous people and you're trying to guess famous people? Yeah. But... Did you ever watch um, Your Face or Mine with Jimmy? No, Hart, I know and it was of it, but it's it was fun. like yeah, it was quite. It's just again, it's just so um, like, what does your face look like? Basically, <laughs> 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 and. You know, it is quite a sort of shallow game, I suppose. You're basically just choosing which person looks more hot against another person, and the audience <laughs> votes. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's, it's a tough. This sounds like that mixed with first date, blind date, even. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. That, if if they turn it into a dating show. Imagine. Oh, that sounds like a very that yeah. sounds like yeah, like you say, a slippery slope to go down. Is it just naked attraction? But guess who? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> I think about all the schematics of that. Matt Jarvis. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what this ends up being. It feels like at some point, like whether it's next year, whether it's the year after that, we're suddenly going to have a lot a of TV shows based on board games. Yeah. Just, spring out of the woodwork because there's all sorts mm. like are you going to tune in for an evening of like the risk series followed by the guess who game show oh, followed by the ticket to ride, to ride yeah. reality show yeah God, there's all ride. sorts in the works I, um, Matt, I can't stop looking at this quote guess who is a game that i loved playing when i was growing up <laughs> and now i'm playing at home with my friends and family are you <laughs> is are this from you, one of the executives are you involved Levy? Aren't you really playing that game at the moment? Because do you, it's funny you laugh because actually, Lolis, I don't know if you 
played it at all but um again our friend sonny he's been playing a version called subjective guess who on his stream <laughs> uh, which is fine because they're you know bits of card and they're not real people um and <laughs> um, i just usually just tune in um <laughs> okay. but you know you're sort of asking like broad questions trying to make assumptions about their personalities which brings mm. a bit more flavor to the game so. okay. yeah <laughs> i mean it's not it's not a game i've played since i was maybe eight like, yeah, I mean, it's it's not again. They're picking obviously they're picking games with name recognition, or whatever, for these television shows. But it just it infuriates me that Hasbro have so much on offer that they could be picking, <laughs> and instead they're choosing the thing with the least substance. It does feel in, a bit like the they've world. run run of run out of ideas for game shows, and they're now just taking yeah. board games and trying to. Like, yeah, it's like a risk thing, like but, <laughs> the risk series. Like, it, there's, there's very little substance there apart from there are some enemies that they should sorry, make a Star Realms TV program because there's actually a lot go. of lore in Star Realms, and I would exactly. definitely watch that show. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, what game would you want to be turned into a TV? Star oh. Realms, Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven, <laughs> Gloomhaven would be great. Um, Fill that oh, gap of Game of Thrones. Love Letter. Love Letter's got some lore. Yeah, mm. some scandal there, exactly. That's your like dating drama. show. You have yeah. to send oh, that's letters. that's a dating show. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and you have to judge, like, the penmanship, like, the calligraphy, <laughs> and be like, yes, I would. It's like Married at First Sight, but you only get a letter first. Oh, that's so many special. terrible shows, and <laughs> this conversation's just making me realise that. Yeah, Matt mm. Jarvis knows all of them. That's, look, <laughs> there are... Television's a wonderful thing. Uh, um, I feel like they hit the bottom of the barrel with game shows when there was the one hosted by, uh, what's his name? The guy that's on everything. Bradley Walsh? And it was just the two penny machines that you get in an arcade, but it's that, I think it's called Tipping Point? Yes. But it's just that on a big scale. Yeah. And yeah, every every idea is just um, has been taken and turned into... Catchphrase is good. I want, um, mm. I want like uh, a game show like nightmare or like the crystal maze or something. isn't that yeah i was gonna say that's just fought by art of the crystal maze right? yeah exactly but then you can do it with a board game thing because it's basically like sort of like a, an escape room you know, like almost thing. like haunted house on the hill yeah that would be great betrayal yeah. at house on the hill as like a nightmare game. Can you imagine how amazing that is? And then one of your one of your contestants that you go in with has become the traitor and you have to work against them. Oh, I would, I would go on that. I would, oh, yeah. that'd be so good. I would watch that. Make this. Combined <laughs> Crystal I mean, it's owned, it is owned by Hasbro. Hasbro? So... If you're listening to this Hasbro, which you're probably not, but if you are, please Hasbro's make, lawyers, hello. Make a portrayal at House on the Hill game show like like Nightmare or Fort Boyard or Crystal Maze because that would be amazing I'd watch the hell out of that alright well there we go this this spun off it's only a matter of time before the check comes in the post uh, on a very quick related story um, which I threw in here I knocked a few stories out because we're short on time but Werewolf is kind of getting a film sort of kind of but not really uh, so there is a film on the way based on a VR game called Werewolves Within uh, which was published by Ubisoft of Assassin's Creed and whatnot. But Werewolves Within is basically just Werewolf, the like party game, in the 
there's a bunch of people one or more of them uh is a werewolf and you have to try and work out who it is before they eat all the other villagers and everyone else has like a specific role in the village um and kind of has a unique ability uh, and it plays out like that so werewolves within was like this reality uh, virtual reality version of werewolf and now they're turning it into a live action film uh, which is seeing a cinema release in Whoa! America, which is kind of wild in itself. Um, it's a horror comedy. It is also called Werewolves of Inn. And the trailer makes it look like kind of a... It's kind of got the whole Fargo small town quirk stuff where it's like, here here are the kooky residents of this small town called uh, Beaverfield, I think. Uh, and then they get snowed in together in a pub or a hotel or something like that. And they have to work out what's killing like members of the party and whether it's someone among them so it's basically werewolf the film so this is like the hateful eight mixed with mm. a, now let me get this right it's based on a vr game that's based on werewolf yeah so this is like three three steps down the line as it were in terms of like an adaptation mm. which to me is already a little bit on the dodgy side in terms of like <laughs> the quality of this. I'm I'm honestly amazed that it's it's going to cinemas. Yeah, so uh, June twenty fifth is when it's out in North America. Are we gonna go and and watch it, Matt? A video I mean we don't live in America, so no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not flying to the US just to watch this <laughs> this version. Particularly right now. It's just like, oh yeah, like I d- you know what, I decided all the risks were worth it. Is it coming I had out in to the see. UK? So it's getting a video on demand release uh. on July the 2nd, so one week after the cinema release, uh, which I don't think they've confirmed if that's international, but I believe it's kind of indicated that it will be. Um, so if, you, if you're if you so uh, driven, you can go and find this film. The trailer seems fine. It just seems like one of those, you know, it, it seems very much like one of those horror comedies where you see the punchlines coming a mile off and it's kind of got the look of a horror film and then suddenly it's not quite so scary and something else happens so but it doesn't it doesn't seem terrible i wasn't grimacing my way for it i was just kind of like yeah which given the the state of video game and board game adaptations is you know better than most i mean have you seen clue the film uh no actually i have not with with tim curry yeah it's good so actually <laughs> the state of tabletop adaptation yeah, but so bad by and large. But yeah, yeah, I I should go and watch Clue. Although yeah. then you've got battle, uh, battleships. So you know, mm, with, yeah. tit for tat, really, isn't it? I think there is a YouTube supercut of all the times that Rihanna in Battleship says <laughs> it's a battleship or something along those lines, <laughs> uh, and it's like a good few minutes long. Oh I think. wow! Uh, but yeah, that's our new section. Let's move on over to emails. Mm. It- if you've got an email <laughs> for the Dicebreak podcast, you can email us at podcast at dicebreaker.com. I paused for it and it didn't land. No. Uh, I realized Lolis. that was happening, so I stopped. Lolis, would you like to read this one from Jesse, please? Oh my god, I would love to. Jesse says, what do you think of legacy games? Do you struggle to actually finish them if you've started it? And would you consider streaming one? And if you would, which? I've always wanted to play Betrayal at House on the Hill Legacy, but so doubtful it would get finished. Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. I've only ever played pandemic. I've only ever played two months of the first <laughs> pandemic legacy. Well, and actually, I guess I, I've played a bit of Gloomhaven. Um, 
I really, really like the idea of legacy games. I just haven't really played a huge amount of them because I've always kind of been waiting um, to get a group together that I know will kind of do it, like see it the whole way through because I'd I'd hate to like, I don't know, for somebody to, to drop out or whatever. I mean, that could happen either way, but I guess I've just kind of been waiting for the right moment. Mm. I don't really host games at the moment. Like, I haven't really been hosting games um, at my own home. And I think I'd like to get to that point and then get a group together that I know will, like, do it regularly. So so mm. I really like the idea, and I've played a little bits of some, but I've never actually played one through. Mm. Uh, Nicola, have you played any Legacy games? What kind of thoughts? Um, no, I actually haven't played any Legacy games. Um, I think, to be honest, I've struggled enough to get a solid group of D&D people together to consistently meet up. <laughs> yeah. even, even during this lockdown, we've managed to not always have a free evening on, for online stuff. So, yeah. Similar to Lolis. Yeah, I feel like it, it is like, it's basically that, right? It's like it's like the D&D group thing of like, okay, you need to commit to this like either once a week or however, oh, but as soon as you involve more than like three or four people, you're just opening yourself up to like, oh yeah, 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 we'll do it. And then three, three, four weeks down the line, someone can't make it and then it gets postponed and then it gets postponed. And then before you know it, like everyone's forgotten what happened and how to play and it just never comes back around again. Yeah, I think our biggest downfall is someone's just become a new parent. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, right. Mm, it is finding that time that's the most difficult thing with, I mean, with board gaming, but like with legacy games particularly, because you are, you know, you are sort of restricted with playing with the same people. Um, you know, our my flatmate and I still haven't finished <laughs> Pandemic Legacy Season 1. <laughs> we've had it like coming up to a year and a half um it's just like yeah with pandemic particularly you are basically it's not the same game every time but you know it's it's similar mechanics that you're you're doing and sometimes you just don't want to play that kind of game like every session like every week or whatever and I do enjoy it. I think it's a really cool idea. I think if there were more people I could play with in terms of, like, in terms of, you know, there's just a bit more variety there with the group and whatever, I think it'd be a lot easier. Um, yeah, that's the only legacy of game I've played. I have been interested by Betrayal Legacy because, obviously, I love Betrayal mm. at House on the Hill. We do actually have a copy in the office. Which I was eyeing before the <laughs> pandemic, uh, and I think if I can get a group together for that, I definitely want to because, again, it sounds really interesting. I think it's kind of slowed down a bit in terms of, you know, like people making legacy games, or at least it feels like that. It feels like there's been a big explosion with, like, pandemic legacy, and then there were loads of, you know, legacy versions of games, or at least fresh ones coming out um but i feel like it's slowed down a bit since you know recently um i i think it's an interesting format that you can do more with so i'd be Mm. up for seeing more um definitely because i love narrative experiences it seems like legacy games are ripe for that sort of thing Mm -hmm. yeah 
Uh, I have been, I think I've played quite a few legacy games uh, at this point. So I've done done the three pandemics, two of which I reviewed. So that was kind of, I I think that's the thing as well as like, because I was reviewing them, it was very much a case of like, well, I need to play these in their entirety so I can not speak about any spoilers, but know what happens towards the end so I can speak about them all. Um, so quite a few of those I played with my wife, um, which obviously had the benefit of me saying, Hey, I need to play this for work. And also we both really like pandemic. So mm-hmm. it was quite easy to just sit down with, with both season two and season three of pandemic legacy. We played like a couple of games a night for a week or so. Um, so we blasted for them, uh, and Seafall was yeah, another I one that I reviewed. Um, so Seafall, yeah, again, like played uh, like quite a lot of my wife and a friend. Um, Betrayal was an interesting one because you need it. I think Seafall also needs more people, but Betrayal, we got quite a big group together and I think we played for like a block of five or six hours because uh, I also reviewed that. So I think my experience is not like a typical one in that I had to play them in a very short span of time for review. Uh, but also because of that, have a group of friends and my wife who, who kind of know what I do for a job and were kind of like, okay, yeah, like, w- sure, we'll sit down with you for five hours and play Betrayal. Um, but Betrayal yeah, Legacy is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Betrayal Legacy is is really fantastic. Like, I think it's it's a really, really good game. Um, I think it's, like, it's easily the best Betrayal game um i think it fixes a lot of issues even even outside of the legacy stuff like it tweaks the gameplay and that makes it more fun to begin with uh i don't think it's as wild as some of the other legacy games which is kind of interesting because it's i think it's because betrayal is kind of weird and wild Mm. to begin with so like the legacy stuff is more just like a general kind of framework to that like it didn't surprise me as much as like c4 or pandemic or uh yeah uh like i'm trying to think of the most surprising legacy game i think seafall has some really weird stuff in it that a lot of people won't see because almost nobody played that game but you can get it really cheap (laughs) and you should play it like it's it's definitely flawed but i think like i still had an amazing time with it and it has some of the most interesting legacy stuff um so yeah Yeah. i I like legacy games i want to see a legacy dexterity game do it can you imagine how wild that would be? I feel like there must have been one. There must have been. Wheels were I feel like that, I reckon. If any of them, it must be like, if any of them were going to do it, it must be like Flick 'em Up. Flick 'em Up Legacy, I feel, would happen. That's I'll in the it. realm of possibility. Hit me up. Who owns Flick 'em Up? Uh, pretzel Games, I think. Yeah, Pretzel. They did that crossover with Dead of Winter, so you could do a, you could do a Legacy yeah. game. Yeah, cool. Is it? Th- call me. <laughs> Jenga legacy as soon as a brick falls down you have to burn all the wooden blocks and you can never put them back in the tower again like once you've pulled a block out you snap it in half and it's done yeah something wild like that yeah mm. cool. but yeah thank you Jesse uh, I'll read this one from Arangifal friend of the site uh, Sam asks I've seen a lot of different strategies for storing games everything from simply putting them on bookshelves to tossing the box and putting Blech. them in storage containers. No. Nope. Forts? Question nope. mark. Oh. Big fat nope. Lily says nope. I say nope to tossing the box and putting them in storage containers. They're not packed lunch. <laughs> 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 the box is like half the thing you're paying for. 
Yeah, I'll just I'll just stick him in my biscuit tin <laughs> along oh, with the biscuit. Yeah. I, I understand if you were like, for example, going on holiday or taking to a friends or something, like doing that for like a temporary solution. But and I kind of I get like you know not everyone's got a massive amount of space and they might want to own lots of board games but don't have the space and I totally get that. But I mean, I will buy small games. I don't know. I will say like. <laughs> We have had a discussion where there are many times where the box is far larger than it ever needs to be because yeah. they'll make an enormous inlay in there and then like part like a third of it will be used to actually hold the pieces mm-hmm. and the rest just to make the box look big because that's how they market it. So I do get the idea of taking those out and putting them in a more manageable like space. Not everyone's got a huge amount of storage space for their board games i know a lot of people just sell games or like give games away that they don't really use anymore when they've got an enormous collection or some people just really like having enormous collections i mean like my flatmate's copy of dead of winter is currently in a box because they went off to vietnam for two years and they were like well i want to take this with me but i don't want to take this enormous dang box so i'm gonna stick it in this little felt container and it fits in there, but I think some of the pieces got lost. So you know, swings and roundabouts, really, isn't it? Mm. I I get it. I get why you would, but I don't think you should. <laughs> Morally, <laughs> no reason against. <laughs> I think it's, but for me as well, like board games, they're a bit like you know how people like having books on their bookshelf. Mm. It's just really lovely to display your board games if you can, yeah. or just the small ones. Like when I had this question, I was like, oh, wonder if like. I know you can make furniture with it or something. If you're gonna throw the box out anyway, yeah, you could. But, um, yeah, you could like. My... You could even like cut it up and like put put it in a frame if it's a really nice box. Mm. So, right, you could like make it some scrap things, but also in my I don't know how creative people are feeling, but in my uh, in my imagination, this is really possible. So you could almost <laughs> you could always like make it into. Let's just say a really basic table, but you could create the side of each box into like a drawer, and then you just pull out the game huh. and the pieces, right? So you oh, that's never pretty. have to yeah, unstack like the boxes. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's my. That's Recycling. the dream. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's like, like similar to you saying, Nicola, with books. Like, I think of them as like DVD, like DVDs. I used to own hundreds of DVDs. Uh, I have downsized since, but. Like I, ne- I could never put them in, you know, like the wallets people get, where it's just the disc. <laughs> oh, I used because to have part one of, of those. The, yeah, but part of the joy of it is like you have that like art on the front, like it's the whole thing, right? It's like yeah. it's why people collect like vinyl records Unless because it's like most of, most of your DVDs are, <laughs> are given to you by your dad. You're acquired <laughs> by Leslie legal means, so the front covers are just printouts that they've. Got. <laughs> Well, that's a different that's a different argument. Yeah, you, don't, you should put those proudly on your bookshelf. That's why <laughs> yeah. you that's why you put the discs in the fluffy pink cat CD case because it's more tasteful that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the it's nothing like, is yeah. more tasteful than a fluffy pink cat CD case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think when if you, I had when you're twelve. <laughs> If I had a fluffy pinksy uh, like board game case, like, I think it would just, it would take, a, it would feel like, or oh, it's like storage tubs, right? It's like it feels a bit sterile. Yeah, no, like it's all I part know. of the fun of getting the game out and like lifting off the lid and like unpacking Box it all. Like, it's all part of it. Yeah, 
so you can get box farts if you yeah that, so so i've definitely with certain things so like pandemic is actually one example with the expansions there was enough room in the original box to fit like two or three of the expansions in there so we put all of them in one of the expansion boxes, but they're all the same size. Yeah, and I then get that. Recycled the other two, but yeah. you're still keeping a box and making the use of it. Yeah. But yeah, like on the most part, like even stuff that leaves a lot of room, I don't think I could bring myself to just like ma- maximize the amount of like uh, storage efficiency I was doing. Like I couldn't yeah. just have everything being like vacuum sealed packets and be no. like, I've saved loads of space. I'd rather kind of have fewer games it's and like where board games go to die in a vacuum packed bag yeah, <laughs> yeah. like out in a garage somewhere like yeah. plastic within plastic within plastic and you just forget what's there because you never see the edge of it I like know, it's just a load of cards I know it's fairly popular to make like hand make boxes like when you've got several expansions for your your game I think quite a few people make boxes to hold you know everything for that mm. game specifically so for the core the core game and all the expansions i think that's a nice idea because i guess you're being creative but you're also like it is it is convenient to have all those bits in the same box although like a lot of publishers are doing the same like um oh fantasy flight do it don't they where they released inlays with like just nothing in them because yeah, they the, expect it's you. like the channel down they the middle expect to to buy the expansions do it do it you idiot look there's all this empty space don't you want to fill it (laughs) that's the kind of attitude i get from that at least but like on the flip side like if there isn't going to be any expansions like should Mm. we actually expect people to make smaller boxes (laughs) yeah i think there's definitely i mean i've i've complained plenty of times about games where it's just empty and it's just like filled with plastic or like empty space and i mm. i hate that i hate that with a passion and i so like i do get why people would do it but i i think like i don't know i, I yeah i struggle i struggle with the thought of of putting things in like a little tupperware box box and uh like i don't know printing out a picture of the box so you know what game is what <laughs> or something i don't know i just um Oh. I really struggle with that idea, I think. And I think, if anything, like, at that point, like, e- I know, obviously, like, one email to a publisher is not going to do anything. But if loads of people feel that way, if loads of people email and say, make the book smaller, maybe eventually publishers will yeah, just make, maybe. like, um, boxes that are the right size for the game. Yeah. yeah. Or you maybe. do, you, or, or you get a, a large box... <laughs> You throw all of your DVDs in it and then you draw on the front cover the pictures for all those DVDs. Just like a patchwork. (laughs) That's what I did with all my Disney sequels. (laughs) Just a box of... That really upsets me. The idea of all those discs just getting scratched to bits. Yeah. Like yeah. loose in a box. That's, they that's just deeply. Dish. They were VHSs as, as well. As what? someone that alphabetized and catalogued like six hundred DVDs, that re- that's that's that really Look, sits wrong in a part of I me. I feel a bit sick. Yeah, there was only one thing in there that was worthwhile anyway. Lion King two, and that has since seen its final rest. Yeah, so. but probably scratched a bit. No, it was a VHS. It was a VHS that had been recorded. 
recorded off off television. Oh uh, yeah, those are the days. <laughs> I mean, at one point, my aunt who'd recorded it switched channels. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> we'll go down the route of things that only 90s kids will remember. Like recording. <laughs> the Lion King 2 is legitimately good. I will fight anyone who says Oh no, like, the Lion King's fine. But it's like the, the idea of recording oh. something off the TV is such a strange one now yeah. with Netflix and all that. Uh, just I remember it. like taping stuff from the radio and like, you know when you'd listen back to it and then you'd listen to it so many times that you'd then like, you'd be singing along and then you'd know like the ad that you accidentally cut into it. I'm imagining like me and watching The Lion King 2 and like talking along with the lines from the film and then all of a sudden like in the middle of like a really dramatic scene, just like an ad for, I don't know, like a washing mm. powder and then like back to the film and she just, just thinks that's part of the film. Reciting it back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know that quote from The Lion King 2, yeah. right? I can't believe all the product placement for, like, the Bosch with tumble dryer in the middle of The Lion King. It was an American football game. <laughs> and I still remember the exact moment that it <laughs> But I couldn't fast forward it because I was afraid it would chew up the, the, the tape because that happened to me once. It was mm. devastating. R.I.P. Cinderella. <laughs> Uh, that is that's genuinely all we have time for in terms of emails <laughs> this week. Uh, before we leave you for this week, Alex Lowley's what's coming up on youtube.com slash dicebreaker. Oh. <laughs> I actually I actually know because this week I'm alone on the video team, so I have to know everything that's going on. Um so today is Friday. If you look back, there'll be already three videos that have been out this week because wow. I oh am goodness. on it like a machine this week. Tuesday, you will have seen a sponsored Let's Play of Monster Hunter World, the board game part two, where instead of wheels, we've actually got me in and uh, playing, I can never pronounce this, a Negrigante. Um, Negrigante. Yeah, Negrigante. Negrigante. Monster, so we're fighting a different monster and you gotta gotta just watch that if you haven't yet because it's it's really fun. Um, On Wednesday, I'll have done a stream of uh, Micro Macro and I will have coloured in as i solve the crimes so it'll be quite a chill stream yeah it will have been quite a chill stream (laughs) (laughs) exactly on thursday matt me and myself uh will have played root and it will have been my first game of root ever and we're playing with the riverfolk expansion as well so i'm like being doubly thrown in and i will have enjoyed that immensely i'm sure and (laughs) (laughs) then tomorrow um you should keep an eye out for Burn Bright Part 2, which was uh, also a sponsored Let's Play. Um, so Part 1 will have come out last week. Part 2 available tomorrow at 3pm at BST. And on Sunday, we will have a You've Never Played and hold on to your hats, peoples. Mian's never played Ticket to Ride. So that'll come out on Sunday. Uh, a Shocking. Let's Play of, of Ticket Guilty to Ride because... Mian needs to be edumacated real bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're saying this. You yeah. don't even like this game. I don't even like <laughs> the game. But also, if you don't watch the video, look at the thumb, because I really enjoyed making the thumb. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, yes, we're, we're acting as the the two sides of should you play Ticket to Ride? Mm-hmm. Because I love Ticket to Ride, and Lolis don't. I do not like so. Ticket to Ride. 
Yeah, who so, am I going to well, listen to? Yeah, exactly. It's like we're both just trying to swayed you. Uh, which version sides, are you but... playing? Yeah, I. I, I hmm? Which version? Which, which version are you playing? Is it the original? Just, just the original, mm. I think. Yeah, let's go with let's go with vanilla. Take it a ride. That's I think Delicious. that's the way to go. I love vanilla. <laughs> and you'll love Ticket to Ride. Well, I, I, I'll find it hilarious if I'm different, because then I'm just going to be like, because eh, you two are <laughs> on the fence in between. Toing and froing. Look, it's it's not the best game in the world, but it's I th- still think it's a good game. And What's... also, the app version that we'll play is particularly good, because it goes <gasps> boop, boop, after each turn. Whoa! And that is, it's just a joyful little thing. Where it's that just could like, win me boop, over, you know? Yeah, well, it's really no. good. Are you, Sometime, are you playing it on your mobiles or on t- tabletop? Uh, it'll be on PC, I think. Yeah, we'll just play it over Steam. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But okay. sometimes my wife and I just go boop, boop to each other when <laughs> talking about Ticket to Ride because we've played so much Ticket to Ride together. That's so oh, cute. God, yeah, it's the foundation of our relationship. Anyway, over on <laughs> dicebreaker.com, uh, we will have up this week, we've got a list, as you listen to this, it's already live, a list of the best board game artwork. Or box artwork from one Alex Meehan. I am a connoisseur. Uh, you peruse the gallery of board games. Mm-hmm. Um, we already have up as of recording this, so it'll still be up by the time you listen in. Uh, <laughs> listen, Chase wrote up his thoughts on the new Magic the Gathering set, Strixhaven, uh, and whether it's suitable for beginners. So if you're thinking of jumping in like me, uh, you should go and read that. Uh, Jason Coles has also written a piece about Magic the Gathering Arena on mobile. Uh, which is very interesting as someone wow. that is playing Magic the Gathering on mobile right now and checking out some strict Strixhaven. Right now? Uh, We're in the middle of a podcast, Matt. Well, <laughs> you can read and listen if you're listening to this. Uh, we will have, we've already got up Kieran writing about Massive Nyarlathotep for Call of Cthulhu and why it's a good way of uh, running an RPG campaign that lasts over several years because uh, that's a long old campaign. Um, we will have Lot Reinhold talking about safety tools in tabletop RPGs. Uh, and we will have me and coming up next week, a little preview ahead. We have a sponsored guide, uh, hopefully <sighs> up next week, on how to host a great game night. Because I am uh, the best host. Once it's safe to do so, of course. Hostess of the um, hostess. So. Indeed. So, more like more like hostess who's the grossest. <laughs> full, full circle, full circle, folks. Full yeah, circle. that's that's, that's what you call me. a callback. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Nicola. Where can people find you? Where can they check out what what you do? Oh, thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, my tag is at Nicola TD Coaching, and my website's super simple. It's just gameplanlifecoaching.com. Excellent stuff. So people should go and check you out. But yeah, thank you so much for being here and for for chatting with us. Uh, thank you, Alex Ludis and Alex Meehan, of course, as usual. Oh, see, I I tried bundling you into one just to shake it out, and this is why we don't do this. Yeah. This is why rigid structures are always good. (laughs) I've been Matt Jowers. Thank you for listening to this week's Dicebreaker podcast. We'll be back next Friday with another episode, but until then, stay safe. Uh, look after yourself. Stay in school. (laughs) Stay in school if you're in school. Uh, And until we meet again, have a lovely day. Goodbye. Bye.